Hello and welcome to Pinkin.com, Norwich City Podcast number 358. A happy uh, Tuesday to you all. Uh, welcome to Arch and Towers. My name is Michael Bailey. Uh, we have Chief Norwich City Correspondent Paddy David here with us. Hello, Pad. Good afternoon, Michael. Bailey. <laughs> yeah, just about, I think it is. Uh, our corresponding colleague, David Freezer. Hey, Dave. Long time no see. Yeah, literally not. Uh, but it is with Tony, uh, producer Tony, cameraman t- t- Tony. Uh, he's back from Norway and Norfolk and having a whole two weeks off. He looks sort of slightly glowing with a tan and thoroughly refreshed and makes me feel sick. <laughs> not at all, Tony. I hope you had a lovely time. Hello. Ironically, the tan is from Norfolk. Is it? Not Norway. The last two days. <laughs> Well, you're a lucky boy, that's all I can well, say. I just want to add, Norwich oh. didn't win a single game whilst I was away, so... And there was me pinning it on Emmy Buendia. What they have done, Tony, is moved a point within a point of the Premier League. It's so exciting. But there we go, I can't bring myself to say it's all done yet. Um, we will talk about the football in a bit. Um, Tony's been away on holiday, he's said enough about that, we don't want to hear any more about that. How are you, gents? You alright? Refreshed after our vacation in Stoke? <laughs> Not been home yet, so no... <laughs> No, uh, I, I think uh, I'm mainly looking forward to catching up on Game of Thrones because I uh, couldn't, couldn't watch that because of Easter Monday, but I uh, did get a day off on Saturday, so uh, I went and explored Sheringham Park, which is the first time I've ever been there, and that was very nice. God, yeah, yeah. I was wondering when that was. It feels like we've just been in TT, Stoke for a week. TT's got his hand up. Oh, t- go on, go on, go on. I just want to throw in, Yeah, I was also at Sheringham Park, but on Sunday. Oh. Well, yeah, I went to make sure that I missed you. <laughs> it is really good. Isn't Sounds it? lovely. I'll take my family, providing they're all still alive. I don't know. I haven't seen them. Tad, how are you, Pad? Yeah, looking forward to a beer in my garden later. <sighs> Should we just do that now? Tony's got his hand up again. Oh, Tony, come on now, man. Go on. Uh, I was going to make a joke that I was in Paddy's garden, but I wasn't. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, yeah, well, well, we're away. <laughs> Uh, well, I think that's all a nice catch-up. I think we all know where we are now after all that. Uh, before we get stuck into the proper stuff, I'll remind you, as I do each podcast, you can get in touch with us here to share your thoughts, help set our agenda. Just email thepinkin at archon.co.uk. Uh, apologies if you have sent an email. I haven't checked that in the last week, uh, but we'll pick it up next week, I'm sure. Uh, and, of course, you can get in touch with us on all the usual social media profiles as well, our personal ones and Pinkin. And, of course, pinkin.com slash podcast is the place to be for all the uh, details in terms of subscribing. We may be doing a slightly different, more relaxed maybe, uh, or, or errant um, format for the podcast today, but we have still got the quiz book, haven't we, Pad? Oh, yeah. Shall we do that? We are going to do a podcast extra time. It'll be uh, on the app for you to watch, um, so make sure you watch that after you've listened to this. But Pad, rattle us out a question from Football School, the amazing quiz book, Absolutely. written by some... Who are they written by? Alex Bellios, Bellos, Ben Littleton. Lovely. What a, what a duo. I'm not sure this book took two people to put together, but there you go. <laughs> My hat is tipped. Right, yeah, no, we've gone good. We've gone good again. It's really, really coming out of itself, this book now. So, question for this week's pod is, Algeria's nickname is the Fennec. Apologies if that's not the pronunciation. F-E-N-N-E-C, foxes, which are small foxes that live in the Sahara. What is their distinguishing characteristic? Uh, and your options are I know it's a football related question <laughs> unusually large feet good for walking on hot sand unusually large ears good for losing body heat ears body heat. <laughs> unusually large nose good for poking down holes when looking for food or D 
This is not a parallel podcast. You have an unusually large tail, good for brushing sand off their fur. They all seem pretty believable to me, all those four answers. That's a great point, Pad. Yeah, um, so, you know. I mean, I've gone. I've got that. Am I awake? <laughs> Don't ask me to Put repeat the fox again. amongst the pigeons. Large feet, large ears, large nose, large tail. <laughs> to paraphrase. We all wondered where it was going. It says feet. I did say uh, feet. I did sort of zone out during the questions. So yeah, got, that's the only one you remember, isn't it? He's still thinking about Norway. Got a bit, yeah, convoluted, didn't it? But, uh, I was thinking ears. I'll ask the question but, again. Algeria's oh. nickname is the Fennec Foxes, which are small foxes that live in the Sahara. What is their distinguishing characteristic? So, distinguishing characteristic. Oh, Feet, um, ears, nose, tail. There, I've, I've abbreviated it. I was thinking ears, and then I was going to go nose. Dave, just say a word. I'll go nose. Perfect. Thank you very much. All will be revealed in ET. What? <laughs> yes, exactly that. Extra time, pink and app. Uh, download it if you haven't already. Google Play or the App Store. There's so much more gold. Um, just like that, really. Okay, that was the week that was. We've had two games, two draws, two, two, two draws. Norwich have led in both. Only came away with two points. We were all getting a bit twitchy, weren't we, at five o'clock on Easter Monday up at Stoke. And then the sun came out and everything was well again. And all of a sudden, from really jitters, real jitters, it's basically, basically done what a position we're in we all look absolutely shattered give me some words yeah that was even by Norwich's standards this season that two hours or so from the final whistle against Stoke to Sergi Canos smacking in a second to sink Leeds that's a random period of time in this season and and um, and in the final analysis yeah as you say elation from the ashes of despair because I mean all joking aside, full-time whistle, you've got Norwich players dropping to the ground. They're absolutely spent, and, and it's not just exhaustion. I think it was a sense that they've absolutely blown a massive opportunity to have led twice and got pegged back twice. Then I'm sure news would have swiftly filtered through Sheffield United have done the business at Hull rather more comfortably than Norwich were able to do. Um, and then you know that Leeds, Leeds fresh from a really, really poor home defeat to Wigan. Ten men, 75 minutes. They missed a penalty as well on Good Friday. You've got to assume Leeds are going to bounce back at Brentford, do the business, and then Norwich would have had two Yorkshire clubs firmly breathing down their neck and and four games without a win, albeit four draws. So, yeah, that was that seemed to be the sense, certainly from the Norwich players, or a good few of them anyway. And when you've got your head coach on the pitch lifting them up as if you know they've just lost a cup final or whatever, um, yeah, to go from that to without. Norwich having to kick another ball to go to that to effectively Europe. I know, I know the reality is they still need a point, but we all know the situation now. The six points clearer leads, ten goals better off, two games left. Norwich are in the Premier League, um, but obviously, you know, nobody inside the club certainly will, will portray it as that this side of Blackburn because they still are not mathematically up. But um, I think the key was, you know, we were obviously there working away just in the shadow of the, nearly said the Britannia, the Bet365 um, last night. And, and just just the gauge of social media, they did the fan reaction story and literally from, you know, fans fearing the worst after the game to 
the Brentford result and then it was just literally waves of emotion and waves of relief rather than emotion and just a sense that the job's done now which just an amazing two hours really and it's funny that Sergi Canos, a main player in the story, I, I joked to you, didn't I, Mark, when we were sat in the press room in the stadium, that that would be a good story, wouldn't it? Sergi Canos <laughs> did it, and then he not only sets up the first one, but scores the second. So all of a sudden, he's a he's an Norwich legend for a night. Um, thank you very much, Sergi, because that yeah, it's just been totally transformative, and and hopefully will be for the players as well. Hopefully, you know, Jamal Lewis, for instance, and 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 wasn't the only one. As much as they all dropped to the turf at the end, they looked pretty knackered for the second half. They, it was uh, an emotionally draining few days, I guess, and, and and games as well. You know, the the Reading game was so so such an emotional roller coaster. Wigan with the five thousand fans there, they had to uh, fight to get a draw against difficult opponents there. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, of course, again emotionally so draining. Ranchich scoring that last gas free kick, uh, and then to that as well. I, I just. We won't find out until half past seven on Saturday night, but I suspect that that will have just lifted the weight of the world from the players because they now know that it's literally there to just grab it, to finish on a high, get the win that they need. And, and then they're in the Premier League and, and all that good work they've done, what they on, 88 points? Yes. Um, you know, just because it feels fraught at the moment and a little bit difficult because it's four successive draws, they've done so much good stuff up to this point. It's a long old season, isn't it? So hopefully they can go and express themselves again and just give it one last push. Exactly. You imagine there's going to be a somewhat release of pressure on them, which is, of course, quite an exciting prospect for Blackburn. I mean, it's worth bearing in mind, an average of 12 games unbeaten. They haven't had an unbeaten run like this in the top two tiers since 1989, I think. So. It's phenomenal, really. And as you say, Dave, this is about having put the, a lot of hard work in to have given them the buffer so that, you know, what have been some pretty decent results, probably bar the Reading game, um, in, in context, uh, in their own context, decent results, maybe just a little bit disappointing in, this, in the situation they've been in. But you can't, you can't deny with the, the grit and determination that the side has had. I mean, I built the game up at Stoke thinking in my head look this is it if, if, if they win this it's done if they don't win it this could be hairy because I just did not see Leeds losing at Brentford and um, ultimately that's quite the blow up that I'm sure um, will have been talked about lots outside these walls we don't need to talk about Leeds per se um, I guess in terms of where Norwich are I, do we still think they'll win the title? I know that's, well, that's it's a difficult discussion, really, isn't it, to have? Because ultimately, the, the main aim is was simply to go up. It, it seems surreal, even still, that we're having this discussion, given where we all thought this season would be at the start of the season. To twist it, if Norwich had won at Stoke and they hadn't conceded the equaliser from Edwards, that Leeds defeat would have meant that promotion was definitely sealed while we sat round a table in a Holiday Inn in Stoke and while everybody else was driving home. So what's better win at Carrow Road against Blackburn um, get it sealed or, or move they, you're then on the verge of the title as well it could even be the title if Sheffield United uh, somehow managed to not win against that, it that would be 5 or 6 nil that one <laughs> so I, I would be incredibly shocked but still it would need a goal difference swing again wouldn't it to deny them the title so they just need a point at Villa so in a way maybe this is better everyone can head to Carrow Road full of uh, the joys of spring looking forward to, to what could be a very memorable night yeah I mean for me now if they beat Blackburn Saturday they win the title because I think they would then bounce to Villa Park and they would get 
if they need a point subject to what happens in the Sheffield United game against Ipswich but I think we can assume that's going to be three points so I just I, I just think uh, the release and and the, the, the knowledge there not, not 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 no longer is it mathematical this that or the other you've done it you're in the Premier League lads you've got one game left to win a title and then it's like Daniel said when he was talking about enemy Buendia's missing potentially one or if you play for a club like Norwich as opposed to Man City you get one or two shots in your career at winning a title and, and this is one of them so I and conversely we've not even talked about Villa but the reality is Villa go to Leeds this weekend and then they finish with Norwich they're in the playoffs we don't think they can probably move too much in terms of their positioning in the playoff pack so they might not exactly rest a load of players on the final day but they certainly won't be putting it in because they know they've got two huge games possibly against West Brom to come up so um, for those reasons I think Norwich could get the point they need at Villa Park but if it's all about beating Blackburn if they beat Blackburn the door is unlocked to A the Premier League and also the title and while I'm sitting there asking you all will Norwich actually win the title how much will they miss out blah 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 etc let's just spend the next few minutes just giving our because we're going to probably do this quite a lot over the coming weeks how monumental this is as an achievement Paddy in terms of this group of players the transition we've spoken about it so much of course in terms of its progress but at this point Norwich City as a Premier League club having done what, what they've done is just unreal really isn't it yeah I mean you boys can talk in a, in a broader context with, with your fan hats on from, from you know years and years of supporting the football club but in my time um, being around them sort of the last 15 years or so I think it's the biggest achievement by far absolutely you know Alec Neal picked up a group of players who weren't performing and took them on this unbelievable six month journey at this level that culminated in a, a very comprehensive and hugely enjoyable day at Wembley in 2015. Um, there's been other promotions, even the Lambert years. But you know, I just think, as you say, from the conditions from which they, this has been engineered, it's it's it would beggar belief. You wouldn't believe it if you weren't actually living it and seeing it. And uh, it's a huge testament. And and again, Nathan Jones, the Stoke manager, effusive in his praise um, about. Norwich's model Norwich's approach Norwich's fa- finding an identity dealing with the, the fallout from losing all the premiership parachute money um, and yet that they've they've engineered this as I say quite remarkable state of affairs that is going to end with them in the Premier League and uh, you know if you've got long lines of championship rival managers queuing up to say how good it is then take them because they're in the game they know how tough it is um, it's not for us to really opine about it if their contemporaries are saying this is absolutely remarkable and we need to try and emulate this then you know it's something quite special and it makes me think of Paul Cook as well after the Wigan game saying you know Norwich they'll get their plaudits that will happen it will come yeah I suppose everyone looking from outside to in didn't have to worry about nerves and things like that and how they got over the line it was just a case of they would because those points are in the bag you know another point yesterday you just look at it objectively and drawing at Stoke away from home is is usually a good point and they were pretty good second half but yeah to go from 14th to hopefully automatic promotion uh, unless something very odd happens from this point is incredible you know abandon your day for that yeah uh until it's until it's done <laughs> you just can't say it can you so um, yeah but I'd be very incredibly shocked if they didn't get a point in one of these two games um, 
Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in terms of the the history and stuff, obviously the club have, uh, has achieved greater things than this. You know, late 80s, early 90s, they finished in the top five three times. You know, they've been through a couple of things like that. But at this level, in the second tier, I think to, to go from 14th to touch wood hopefully winning the title at least going to automatic promotion is certainly up there with what Worthington managed with the 2004 boys when when they had Huckabee etc um, and to do it with such style as well has, has been great um, it is a shame they've tightened up a little bit and haven't quite finished with the panache that they deserve really because when they when they sort of swept to the top of the table in in October, November at a time and they were playing such brilliant football, you know, winning 4-1 at Swansea, 4-0 at Sheffield Wednesday, showing so much character as well as playing such good football. Um, it's a shame that they're sort of having to work so hard to get what they deserve because they should be winning the title. They, should, they are the best team. The only team who can rival them when they're at their peak uh, in this league really is Leeds and, and they've choked, haven't they? Um, Sheffield United have been unbelievably consistent to get ahead of Leeds. So um, it would just be great to finish on the high that they deserve because we, it doesn't matter too much as long as they get there. But you don't really want to limp across the line, do you? You, want to, you don't want any risk to the momentum as you go up to the Premier League because they're deserving of more than that. So all in. All on black <laughs> in terms of, uh, if you put it in um, roulette terms, just go for it. Go for it. all out. Go for the jugular. Got to get that win against Blackburn. Um, what that will mean in terms of a scoreline, I do not know. But um, yeah, let's finish on a high. Top stuff, Dave. Um, for the record, we're not going to ask about what happens next year or the summer because that is uh, one for another day, most definitely. Uh, but we will do the gongs of the week if we can quickly think of some off the top of our heads. Um, Tony, obviously, more than welcome to uh, to chip in if there was someone who uh, you know shone while you were in Norway. Um, Big Duncan Forbes hero of the week. Uh, bearing in mind we've obviously got the Sheffield Wednesday game, and uh, uh, I mean, shall I say Mario Francic and us all nod? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's... yeah. Well, not just that as well. I mean, it was his assist for Pookie yeah. at Stoke on Easter Monday, so Gorgeous. he's had a very, very influential Easter. No two ways about it. Yeah, I'm perfectly happy with that. Great free kick on Friday night. Well, God, wasn't it? What a moment, and and that's crucial, isn't it? In the grand scheme of things, uh, Kevin Mascat, villain of the week. Who's? Um... It's a fairly obvious candidate. Oh, well, you have to remind me. Where's Black? Goes by the name of Eltringham. No. Oh. Hmm. But yeah, Dan, Dan, and we've never seen Dan, have you seen Daniel that angry as he was on Good Friday because I can't uh, remember uh, he's on fire oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he was on fire not literally but metaphorically yeah no he was uh, that was the straw that broke proverbial I think and uh, some feet when you basically hack off both rival managers you know you've had a good night at the office when uh, both managers are not happy with your work which is interesting the way he dealt with that because I'm sure I still maintain there was a, an element of the situation that was coming out of all that as well and I, I was kind of interested to see how he dealt with the, the post-match interviews and press conferences after the Stoke game because at that point obviously that was Tetchy but he was, he was back to his usual calm self wasn't he in fairness yeah he wasn't going too deep <laughs> yeah he was um, no he was yeah I mean he was he was very measured yesterday Monday um but no, he was, yeah, that was, it had been under the surface. I mean, after the Wigan formal presser on a Good Friday, I know I'm losing track, this weekend before, sorry, um, which was obviously the penalty against Ben Godfrey for anybody who's forgotten or chosen to forget. Um, after his formal presser, I had a brief chat with him and he was 
more or less on the same theme that he just couldn't understand why they were getting such a raw deal on such a consistent basis weaving in obviously the Buendia QPR three card the three game ban and um, so yeah so he was ticking I think it's safe to say but at, uh, that definitely tipped him over the edge uh, Mr Eltringham's performance Go on Dave do you want to give us a Simeon Jackson moment of the week obviously the Simeon Jackson moment of the week becomes um, more and more pertinent given the situation we're in but uh, Mario's free kick again I suppose possibly unless you can think of something lovely I mean great sight obviously with all those fans of Stoke for starters yeah from the two games in these four days you, you just can't look beyond it can you I mean, it's funny actually Pat sort of pointed it out while, while they were warming up um, at Stoke Mario was practising his free kicks again yeah, wasn't he gonna, yeah, yeah. sorry what were you going to say there Dave? yeah you go for it because you pointed out to me well well, I was going to broaden it out yeah basically what happened was um, they, as they do at Car Road they sort of erect temporary goals don't they away from the main two goals and um, the 11 will practice and then the subs will practice and Mario yeah exactly set more or less the same yardage and it was right in front of the away support just by the tunnel there at the, uh, the Bet365 and he was whipping them and I watched him hit four on the bounce he didn't get one in the net so it, it just underlines you know when the pressure was on but what I was my anecdote there was then after he'd missed four Charlie Adam who was just running back to the tunnel uh, who was on the bench for Stoke um, and it's not a bad dead brawl deliverer himself uh, he, he literally stopped and he attempted because Vrancic was about to hit one and he took he hit Vrancic's free kick and then obviously we're many many miles away up at the back of the stand but you can read between the lines of body language with uh, with uh, Charlie Adams saw hand signals it was almost like that was an unbelievable free kick mate kudos to you on Friday night because they shook hands and then he was off down the tunnel so I just thought yeah you know he, he, that was some free kick and, and if actual quality midfield operators in their time you know played for Liverpool in his day if they can appreciate it and it was just that mutual sort of respect I thought that was nice to see um, but yeah as I say you know 4-0 and he was against uh, Stoke so uh, he maybe just saves them for when it matters yeah all fair play it was the moment of the week that's probably moment of the season as, as good as any really and obviously we're not going to talk about uh, Stephen Fletcher's handball. Right, uh, I think we're going to call it there. We're going to um, rattle off a, f- a few look-aheads, of course, to Saturday's game, Norwich hosting Blackburn. Uh, we're going to do that on the uh, Pink and Norwich City podcast Extra Time, which you can get on the app. We'll also have the answer to the remarkable uh, question. Pat has dug out of the quiz book. Look forward to that. Um, uh, and I think that pretty much does it um, but of course as for this podcast thank you as always for listening and uh, remember pinkin.com is the best place for you in terms of Norwich City news analysis opinion and insight a big thanks to you uh, for listening thanks to you Pad cheers cheers Bob cheers Dave roll on Saturday indeed cheers Tony thank you uh, we will be back set to answer all that question in the meantime uh, here's to maybe getting out a few uh, party poppers we'll see don't go too soon <laughs> until then good night. <laughs> <laughs>